What is good, all of our listeners? Welcome to another episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam. I'm Liz. And I put almond milk in my coffee. Woo! Okay, Liz isn't too impressed. But welcome to another episode of Games and Groceries. In this episode, episode 27, we're going to talk about how the Game Awards affect gaming, why they're so important for the gaming industry. And we're going to get to that in the bottom portion of our, or bottom half, the second half of our uh, podcast here. But as always, as I ask every single week, except for last week, Liz, how you doing? I'm good. Feeling yeah. very good about myself. What's that? Because you mentioned something when we recorded the special for the Game Awards about the microphone stand. Oh, okay. So, Liz, you can, you, you, you can uh, flex here for a little bit. So, <coughs> we used to record on the, um, like, those crappy aluminum type. Uh, uh, scissor arm yeah, stands. Yeah, stands. With our microphones in them, and they were clipped to the table. Mm-hmm. And Adam every week was complaining that oh, we sound tinny, we sound echoey. Like, mm-hmm. and when I was um, mixing and editing yeah. the sound, and he's like, "Oh," yeah. and I said, "Well," and and continuously for the past six and a half months, mm-hmm. I've been telling Adam that yeah. it's probably the mics. They're very springy metal they're very reflective so and you have a very booming voice so when you talk it's most likely echoing off of that probably yeah and so i told him like we should we should get table stands and guess what we have now and so adam finally purchased table stands because also the 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 scissor ones were getting in the way and we were hitting them making noise and everything echoed off of them Mm -hmm. and then we got the new stands and adam started speaking and he's like Oh my gosh, it sounds so much better. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, really? Really? Does no. it? Have I been. Did, I'm sorry, did, did I not say that for the past six months that it would sound better because things aren't reflecting off of it? Those who are about to get married, you're engaged, you have a girlfriend, anything, I don't really care. Uh, the wife is always right. Husbands just no, it, no, 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 no. Don't say it's because the wife is always, always right. right. It's because it's my education. I got a degree in live production. I know how things work when it comes to sound, like the echoes. I know where it's coming from. <laughs> I ha- this is my entire degree. That's part of my degree is knowing how to sound out a room and where that where it's coming from. I've known where it was coming from every week. You complained about it and I knew where it was coming yeah, from. You but didn't you didn't believe me. Yeah, but most of the time in life, in our in our everyday life, you're you're the one that has a rational thought and I'm just the one that's You're like, no, that's not it. It's yeah. something else. I have a very grandeur mind. <clears throat> I, I, I think of things, I'm just like, oh, we can we can make this like even better and better. And then Liz has the rational he's like, thoughts. He's like, no, we just have to add more soundproofing to the room. I think it's just the room. We don't have <laughs> enough soundproofing. I'm like, no, it's the microphone stand. It's your voice is, is bouncing off of it. And he's like, no, 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 it's, it's we need more soundproofing. Yeah, I'm, ve- I'm very grandeur in that way. So uh, Liz has the rational thought. Uh, Liz does all the editing for the podcast, too. So uh, thank you for that. Uh, but yeah, so now we have table stands. Uh, we'll, we'll sounds uh, a lot more crisp. Because that's the thing for our listeners. We, we understand that we do this for entertainment. We're not doing this, you know, to become millionaires. Uh, we want to do this, you know, full time, you know, sure, to, yeah. to get enough to go by. But we really want to do this to, you know, make your weeks a little bit better, you know, mm-hmm. give a little bit of entertainment. And the, the best audio quality, the better the entertainments, you yeah. know. 
you're not going to listen to somebody who just records on their phone, right? Um, you know, just saying, not, yeah. not naming any names here. But uh, before we get into table talk topics, I just want to say that uh, I've been playing a lot more Celeste. I'm probably going to beat it today. Whoo, man. Ah, really, really pick up Celeste. I am. It came out January of this past year. So it came out January 25th, 2018. And I remember other podcasters mentioning it. And I was like, oh, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. Not that I didn't want to play it, but I just never got around to it. I finally picked it up. I can't, I can't believe I haven't been playing this game. It's so amazing. Like, the difficulty is the right amount of difficulty. Mm-hmm. If if you're looking for like not a frustrating game but a challenging game, Celeste is right up your alley and it talks about mental health and anxiety and panic attacks and it's just such a good game. Like it's really phenomenal and it's only $20. It's only $20. So, if you haven't played Celeste yet, please please pick it up. It's so worth it. Um I, I really regret that I haven't been playing it this past year, and I and I really regret that I didn't uh, at least consider it for game of the year. I just said like, oh, it's nice. An indie game is game of the year. No, there's a reason why it's game of the year, yeah, or was nominated for game yeah. of the year, but it won best indie game of the year, and it's well deserved. Yeah, but so uh, I think this is a perfect time to go into our every week segments every every week we feel like it which is called table talk topics ah dang it i i, I try to get her every single week but it's never gonna happen you've known me for yep, 10 years nice. you've known me for 10 years have you ever known me to get excitable on like table on request yes no you haven't so Table talk topic. So every single week, the weeks that we feel like it, apparently, uh, we shuffle a random deck of for table no topics reason. for no reason. It just makes the, the uh, whole thing intensified. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. But we pick a random question from a pile of table topics, and we take 10 minutes to do a mini podcast about this random question. And this week's question is going to be... Does one of your parents need more time to this themselves than the other? <laughs> see, this would be fun, like if, w- like when you have kids to ask, like yeah. have, see what our kids say. Um, seeing as my dad's not in the picture, so I think he needs more alone time than my mom. Oh my goodness, <laughs> you're so stupid. Um, you can go first because mine's pretty easy. Um, more than the other. So, what does it mean by that? Like, uh, can you read the question one more time? Does one of your parents need more time to themselves than the other? So, like, between my mom and dad, does one of them, like, yeah, they both might like alone mm-hmm. time, but does one need more than the other one? Yeah. Um, or do you think they need, like, equal amounts of alone time? Yeah. I feel like, now, these are my in-laws now. I feel like your dad needs more alone time, but then your, your I think your mom wants it but i think your dad like doesn't put it out there but i i think he likes alone time yeah i think my dad likes alone time Mm -hmm. usually he ends up just falling asleep watching a game yeah um but yeah i think my mom requires more alone time than my dad she just doesn't Mm -hmm. get it um and my dad my dad and they both really enjoy alone time yeah but um 
feel like my mom requires it more. Yeah, because uh, it says, do they need it? Not do they want it, but yeah, do, do they, they need it? Yeah. So you think your mom needs more alone time? Yeah. Yeah. Why, why do you say that? Because she's always, I don't know. I haven't lived with them in two years. I know. So, like, I don't know. She just seems more stressed out. Yeah, true. She's always tired like me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's on my mom's side, too. But Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because, yeah, like, now, before I say this, I've come to terms with my dad. I'm not just, like, still, like, oh, my dad's not here. Like, you know, it's it's one of those things that, like, I've really come to terms with. But mm -hmm. my dad, uh, like, to, to give it a really good example, uh, my dad on Mother's Day would give me to my mom and say like hey on mother's day it's all about the mother connecting with the child so the the father can leave and go to the bar but then on father's day my mom would give me or my dad would give me to my mom and say hey father's day is all about the father doing his own thing and like not not needing to take care of the family so you take adam and i'll go to the bar <laughs> in the end your dad wanted to make sure he got to the bar that day <laughs> exactly uh he said he wanted more alone time uh, like he, he didn't really want me on the weekends too much, but you know, because of alimony, he wanted more bank for his buck. <laughs> um, but I think my mom needed more alone time because she was raising me, uh, pretty much on her own. Uh, my dad was there for a while, but, uh, you know, my teenage years, that's a longer story. Yeah. And she worked a lot. She worked a lot. There was one point where she worked three jobs, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, she worked three jobs at one point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she worked a lot just uh just to get me by. Uh so yeah, she needed more loan time, but then my dad would just come around and say, like, you know, I I need more loan time. No, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. You're drunk. But um but yeah, so about your dad though, your dad's really, really, really cool. Like Oh yeah. But then your dad, I think I think if he if I don't think if you would, my dad got no alone time, I think he'd be fine. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't think he would ever say that he needs alone time, but I think he more of likes quiet time. He doesn't care if he's alone. No, he just wants it to be quiet. Exactly, because your dad is definitely a sociable person. Mm -hmm. My dad is a musician. He's in multiple bands, mm -hmm. and so he's very he's very sociable. When I was younger, we couldn't go anywhere without my dad finding someone he knew because. He was the head of the soccer department of the park we used to play at. So yeah, he he knew a lot of people from being a coach and running the soccer department, and mm -hmm. so he just knew everyone. Everyone he found someone we knew either from music or sports. Yeah, he knew someone. So my dad's very sociable. So I don't think he cares if he's alone. Mm -hmm. He cares if it's quiet. Like he likes to sit down, enjoy his game on Sunday, mm -hmm. and probably fall asleep. Yeah, like. That's all he wants. That's all he wants. Like once a week. With the family being in a household. like Yeah. I mean, growing up, because Adam, you were an only child. Yeah. I grew up with two sisters. So it was mm -hmm. me and, and my dad was the only man mm -hmm. besides our dog. Like that was his requirement that we had a male dog because he needed one other man one in One other house. guy in the house. <laughs> um, so, but he handled it very well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so with five, four girls in the house, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, we weren't allowed. My sisters and I were very well behaved kids. So it's not like we were insane, but you know, kids and girls were always talking always doing things and we got older we had our boyfriends over every weekend yeah so i think he just needed that time to be like y'all need to go away mm -hmm. and that's why we had a playroom in the basement and then as we got older it just kind of became like a hangout room in the basement so we didn't have to watch tv and hang out in the living room mm -hmm. um but yeah yeah i think my dad just requires more quiet time he doesn't need alone time but i think my mom 
yeah. likes alone time. I don't think she particularly enjoys doing things alone, mm-hmm. but I think she enjoys time that she has alone in the house. Yeah, not to generalize all men and all women, but I think generally speaking, like the majority, I think more dads need more quiet time and mm-hmm. more moms need more alone time. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, in general, that is, I think, because typically the woman does take <coughs> care of the children more. Yeah. So she doesn't just need quiet. Mm-hmm. So if it's quiet, that means something bad is happening. Exactly. But when it's alone, you're like, I don't have to worry about where my kids are and if anyone's dying. Because, yeah, uh, and that's the thing is that like dads are generally, again, not generalizing here because 2018, but uh, generally dads don't worry too much about their kids. They love their kids. Oh yeah. But it, like, I feel like moms, like it's with me, like with Floki. You know, we yeah. don't we're, we don't have kids yet, but Floki, you worry about Floki way more than I do. I do. Like he's scratching more than normal. I'm like, do you think he's okay? I'm like, he's, he's a chihuahua. He's been scratching more. I don't know anything about chihuahuas. I grew up with labs. I had a yellow lab and then I had a chocolate lab. And yeah. that's it. That's all I ever had was labs. So I don't know anything about chihuahuas or corgis or little dogs as a whole. Yeah. Whereas, like, I, I don't worry no. too much. Because you've had little You've had two little dogs. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's the thing. It's just like, uh, I, I don't think it comes out of, like, dads don't love their kids more. But I think it's just like we worry a little less. You know, yeah, you're I, you're just more chill. We're just more chill. We're we're more like just like let them learn the hard way. Uh, with three minutes left on a timer, we're not parents yet, but between the two of us, me being an only child and you being, you know, with siblings, yeah. uh, who of us needs more alone time and who wants alone time? See, I think I want more alone time than need it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think that's right. I think you want more alone time, but mm-hmm. I need more alone time. Like, yeah. I refresh by being alone. Like, I, by the time you come home, like on Fridays, Adam's at work and I'm at home alone with the dog. Mm-hmm. And I love that time home alone. Yeah. Like, this week, Adam stayed home on Friday and I yeah. got like very nervous. I was like, but, but it was, it, it's, it, it's my day to, to, to be alone and just watch my show. And by the time you come home, I'm like, oh, my God, he needs to come home. I'm bored. Yeah, no, I actually purposely, and not to avoid you, but on Fridays, especially when it's your day off, mm-hmm. I stay in the office more than I actually need to. You come home probably around two. That's what I usually do, like two or <laughs> two or three. Um, in youth ministry, that's like office hours. Yeah. Uh, my, my, uh, my hours as a youth pastor is mostly on the road, but in yeah. the office, like it's, it's not that much of a deal. Yeah. But... When, I, when I'm in the office, I'm in on Fridays a little longer for Liz's sake. It's not that I want to be away from Liz or avoiding her. It's just like, this is her day off. I want her to be in the house. But, um, you know, I know she gets bored. Whereas, yeah, I don't care. But that's because... Like, I went away for a whole week and Adam was like, yes! Exactly. Well, that's because I'm a guy and guys generally yeah. like that. And I'm an only child. So you're used to entertaining yourself. Exactly. Whereas for me, that like weird. even, even growing up though, like when my sisters were at their friend's house, I was like, Oh my God, Elena needs to come over because I am bored. I need someone to talk to. Like yeah. I'm not good at being alone for a long, like I enjoy my, my quiet time. Like mm-hmm. I enjoy when you're at the office for those couple hours and I can just watch my show and I don't need to worry about like, Cause I, I, I'm a worrier. So I worry, like, am I giving attention to you when you're mm-hmm. home like that? Like this Friday when you stayed home, I was like, I felt very weird you yeah. being in the other room and us not talking. 
So yeah. like I enjoyed watching my show, but at the same time I was like, like the next the later on when you were done work, mm-hmm. you're like, well, do you want to keep watching the show? I'm like, no. Yeah. I'm like, because it was weird enough, like not talking to you in the other room. It's gonna be another thing. Yeah. Continuing <laughs> the rest of the day. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, I was, I, I was homesick, so, like, I, I was working on other projects, but, you know, I just wanted to give her her alone time. Yeah, so. So. Yeah, I think you want it more, I need it more. I think I think that's fair. Yeah. Just because I'm an only child, yeah. you know, like, I want it more, but you definitely need more. So that concludes this week's Table Talk Topics. Uh, can you read the question again for our audience? Does one of your parents need more time to themselves than the other? So you can talk about your parents, you can talk about yourself and your own spouse, like, mm-hmm. or ask your kids and tell them, tell us our, an- tell us their answers yeah. of who they said they think needs more alone time. I like it. So you can tweet us your answers at Gaming Groceries using the hashtag Table Talk Topics. Uh, while we're at it, so please follow us on Twitter. I, I didn't mean to beg. Please, please do it. Please do it. <laughs> we uh, need so many more followers. I know. <laughs> Um, at Gaming Groceries, you can follow us there. Please do it. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Games and Groceries, all one word. Uh, and if you're listening to us on iTunes and iHeartRadio, Spotify, anything, please give us your honest feedback. Uh, and we and we say honest feedback. I don't want to be saying like, give us five stars. If we if you think we deserve five stars, give us five stars. But give us your honest feedback because the more reviews we get, mm-hmm. the more attention we'll get from iTunes iHeartRadio, and more importantly, Anchor. <laughs> I would like to take 10 seconds to say, Anchor, I know you're listening. Put us on the featured page. You know you want to. Vince, I talked to this guy, Vince, from Anchor. He seems like a swell guy. He seems uh, like our name, Games and Groceries. So um, uh, put us on featured then. That'd be wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So as we uh, go on to the hashtag road to featured, you know, give us your feedback. And then oh that my will goodness. Road to feedback. You already ruined it. Uh, So, yeah, give us your honest feedback on your preferred platform. So, let's get right into it. Uh, Let's get into our top three gaming news. And we have some interesting news this week. Um, Let's start with number one, Bethesda. Why? Why, Bethesda? What are you doing? Such a sinking ship. Oh it's like the Titanic, something that was great oh and it just man. dies. Like Obsidian coming out with The Outer Worlds, it's like the perfect time to release it just because Bethesda is messing up so hard that Obsidian is like, hey, um, we're not messing up. You want to come over here? Here's our wonderful game. Here's our wonderful game, The Outer Worlds. I'm so excited for The Outer Worlds. I, I really hope it's not garbage. But anyways, <laughs> um, but Bethesda... Leaks their customers' information online for all of the see. This is coming from an article from Kotaku. Oh my goodness, that was only a week ago. Yeah, it was on Monday. Yeah, I think it was Monday. Yeah, like that's the thing. Uh, most of I feel like we should be recording later on Mondays because all the news comes out on Mondays, I and know. I don't know why. Because they're all busy on weekends. I guess <laughs> they're all busy um, doing other things. But we're too. busy the rest of the week. Yeah, and the rest of the day. <laughs> so let's go into the details of this, right? Uh, with the canvas bags, right? There's the whole bag gate with the nylon bags, but it was supposed to be canvas. And then they gave them five bucks. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. Uh, (laughs) But Bethesda 
Uh, then says like, fine, fine. We'll grace you with canvas bags. We'll grace you with what you paid for. And I was on Twitter. I'll, I'll admit this, that I actually applauded Bethesda. But the more I thought about it, I'm just like, wow, thanks for doing your job, Bethesda. Yeah, thanks for doing what you told people were, you were going to do. Yeah. So you, They should have been in there. If, if they just done this in the first place, we wouldn't have this problem. Exactly. I, it's, it's something to be like, good job, but not like praising for, which I did. Because I'm a, I am a Bethesda fanboy. You are. Um, but Bethesda agrees to replace the canvas bags for consumers, but consumers had to write up a ticket to the support sites, uh, saying that like, okay, what's your address? Who, where should we send it to? Like, what was the credit card that you paid for that we can look up your information? Mm-hmm. And a Twitter user uh, put out saying like, hey, I'm seeing other people's support tickets, and you can actually click on them, and on these tickets that is in the public eye is the customer's names, addresses, phone numbers, and Kazu. I mean, sorry. Mm-hmm. And like the credit card n- numbers that they that they uh, put in. They put up their personal information online. And how does Bethesda respond? One, by taking down the support site. Good job, Bethesda. And second, they say, we are sorry. The the issue has been fixed. I wouldn't trust them. No. Like, I wouldn't be like, I'd just be like, forget it. I don't want my canvas bag because, like, it could happen again. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing. It's like, the issue's been resolved. You know, you can go up and like, no, absolutely not. I'll just keep my nylon garbage bag. And that's the thing. With, it, with all of this crap that's coming into Bethesda's way, I feel like this is really unfair to Rage 2. Like, and I've said it before in the last uh, podcast. The uh, by the way, uh, if you're listening to us on episode 27, episode 26, which was our previous episode on Saturday, was all about our uh, thoughts on the game awards. So go ahead and listen to that as well. But the thing was with Rage 2, it's not developed by Bethesda, but because it's published, it has Bethesda's name on it. People are comparing it. Yeah, and they're thinking about Bethesda. Mm-hmm. They're, they're thinking about Bethesda. They're thinking it's the same company, mm-hmm. and it's going to get scrutinized, like saying, "Like, oh, here it goes, Bethesda again." And like, no, 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 no. It's not Bethesda Game Studios. It's Bethesda Softworks. Yeah. So Bethesda just paid for the production, but they did not. No one no. in their offices had anything to do with the production. Oh, uh, what? Rage is Avalanche, and oh no, I can't remember. Oh no, this is bad. I can't remember the other developer, but it doesn't matter. But as you play Rage 2, I'm going to be, I'll probably be buying Rage 2. It looks so good. Did you play Rage 1? I'm, I still have to beat it. I played <laughs> it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's so many games in the backlog that I have to catch up on. But it's being developed by Avalanche, who also did the Just Cause series, as well as, oh man, I can't remember it. ID Software and it Avalanche Studio. It was id Software? Huh. Okay. For Rage 2, yeah. Rage 2 was Avalanche Studios and id Software. I thought it was id Software, but then I was just like, no, they, they do Doom. But then they, they also do Rage. Yep. So, but yeah, they all, the same makers from Doom and uh, Just Cause, it sounds like a really awesome game. But uh, don't put them on the same light. They're two different companies, so leave it at that. Let's go into our number two uh, gaming news. This is pretty quick because I think everybody in the gaming realm has heard about mm-hmm. this. Uh, Soldier Boy is now making game consoles. That is so funny. Soldier Boy making oh, I, I can't remember the lyrics. Get a Super Boy. 
<laughs> it's not really appropriate for our channel, so no. we really shouldn't. So Soldier Boy, the hip hop artist, who I is he still relevant in the hip hop? Uh, I don't scene? know. I haven't heard the last song I knew him. I know he had one song come out after Soldier Boy. It, tell him. I think it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was Tell Him. Also, no, Soldier Boy came out when I was in like seventh or eighth grade. Yeah. And I was dancing to it in my Quaker school. <laughs> we probably but, weren't allowed to do that. But but I don't <laughs> think he's relevant anymore. And now he's uh, quote unquote making these game consoles, which he's he's described them as uh, bringing him to tears. What? He, like these game consoles have brought him to tears. Uh, these are the game consoles. They're the Soldier Game Handheld, which is their handheld system for $100. And the Soldier Game Console, the Soldier Game HD console. I'm sorry. I kind of want the handheld. You want the handheld. It looks like a squared off Game Boy Advance. Yeah. And I'm just so curious. But it's $100. And here's the craziest part. You can find that same game system on Amazon for $60, the same exact one. What Soldier Boy probably did was buy a bulk of them and jacked up the price. And you'll see on his website that it was marked down from $200 to $100. So you think you're getting a deal. Yeah. Slick moves, Soldier Boy. Uh, thinking that everybody's like getting a deal from this when it's the same Chinese knockoff with yeah. a bunch of ROMs on it. Yeah. Um, not much more to say on this. Don't buy it. That's it. I mean, I, I feel like everybody's heard about this at this point, and it's going to be a lot of uh, influencers, I guess, on, on YouTube, like Review Tech USA. I know is buying one. Uh, just look. Well, because, yeah, if you're a game reviewer, I feel like you kind of have to buy. You have to be like, all right, what mm. is this? What is this? So uh, if you're really curious of what it is, just look for it on YouTube. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there's going to be way more videos of people buying this and then telling you why you shouldn't buy it, much like the PlayStation Classic, <laughs> uh, why you shouldn't be buying that piece of garbage. But, uh, but yeah, so don't buy this. Soldier Boy, stop doing this to people. I don't know. You're, you're, you're irrelevant at this point. You think you're going to gain relevancy through these Chinese knockoff game consoles. Just make good music. That's it. That's all you got to do. Everybody loves you. Soldier Boy. Boom. That's it. Anyways. Okay. Okay. Moving on. So, before I get into this particular gaming news, I must introduce this as... Oops. I thought I was going to put on an effect, but then I missed the button. So, redo. We're going to introduce this as... Rumor Alert! Rumor Alert. That's all. This is a huge rumor. Okay. <laughs> I I planned that in the notes and Liz is face palming right now. Not face palming, my I'm You're just cringing. Just my a microphone palming. Liz is my wife. You married me, so you can't take it back unless you want to pay divorce papers, which no, you love me too much. <laughs> so rumor <laughs> alert rumor alert microsoft might be purchasing insomniac this is a huge rumor so don't take this as like truth but according to a twitter user by the name of uh clobril i think i said his name correctly clobril who is known to be a microsoft uh leaker uh, and he's been right on most accounts here 
But he put out two tweets that are pretty interesting. Uh, number one, let's make this Monday, let's make this Monday a bit more interesting. I can say that Xbox is in advanced talks for a few months now with a mid-sized studio with uh, that historically worked together with PlayStation a bit. No name dropping because of ongoing negotiations for now, but it's interesting nonetheless. So, so far, what we know is that Xbox is in talks with another studio, which they're now buying a ton of studios at this point. Yeah, they are. And they say a mid-sized studio that historically worked together with PlayStation a bit, right? Now, why I think this is Insomniac, like for sure now, is from his second tweet uh, on December 8th, which reads... Uh, a beloved Xbox IP game that you have probably played within the last four years or so will get its bold second title in next gen. The successor is deep in development, and I expect you will hear about it around 2020. Okay, for me, from these two tweets, uh, a mid-sized studio that's worked with PlayStation that has also made an, a beloved Xbox IP in the last four years, Insomniac. It's straight up Insomniac because... What has Insomniac made on the Xbox in the last four years? Sunset Overdrive. And it was taken so well. Everybody loved Sunset Overdrive, which then Insomniac went to make the uh, uh, PlayStation exclusive Spider-Man, right? My guess, my, my guess from these tweets is that Xbox will buy Insomniac, right? And they're going to put out Sunset Overdrive 2, as well as porting over Spider-Man to the Xbox with mm -hmm. Xbox One X enhancements. I'm not sure if Spider-Man will be on next-gen, but I think that they're going to announce this. Probably E3. Probably E3. Or maybe a little earlier than that. Oops, I hit the mic. But probably a little bit earlier than E3. They're going to say, hey, Insomniac is now part of the Microsoft team. And we're giving you Spider-Man on the Xbox with uh, 1X enhancements. That's probably going to happen. And then you'll hear about Sunset Overdrive 2. But what do you think about all this? I agree yeah. with your theory. Um, I'm okay with that because what was the other one? Quantic Dream. Yes. When you said it's between Quantic Dream and Insomniac, I'm like, all right, well, it can't be Quantic Dream because we literally bought a PlayStation so I could play their games. Yeah. And if they suddenly become Xbox exclusive, I'll be really pissed off. I mean, I still love my PlayStation. Like, I still prefer that. Mm -hmm. um, the small controller. Mm -hmm. I like the controller. I don't care. We're, we're a split household on that. <laughs> yeah, I got big hands, and I like the Xbox controller a little bit better. But um, yeah. I kind of be really mad if they bought Quantic Dream when mm -hmm. that's the whole reason I got a PlayStation. Um so yeah, I'm happy that we think it's Insomniac and I it's yeah. Quantic Dream would be really upset. I'm not sure because Quantic Dream just had a lawsuit for like um really toxic workplace. Oh. So they're now in like the works for that. But so that's why I think it's more insomniac now. Yeah. Especially from Clobrill's uh tweets now. Yeah. So I'm guessing you're gonna hear about uh Xbox buying Insomniac in March. I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. So they're going to make like this super big announcement. I don't know what conference they'll have. I don't know. It might be E3 because I don't know how they would announce that. Because if they bought Insomniac, it would have to be at a big thing. Like at XO18, when he announced that they bought Obsidian, that was like a big deal. Yeah. So I don't think they would put it out on like their Twitter or anything. I don't know. 
it will be interesting though. Um, but yeah, so it's in the works. I, I'm thinking from this rumor, heavy rumor, that Xbox might be buying Insomniac, which would be really, really interesting. So I'm going to call it here. And the reason why I think, uh, last point, and then we're going to go into our big topic. But the reason why I think they'll port over Spider-Man is because that's a, what they did with Ninja Theory. When they bought Ninja Theory, they ported over Senua's, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Senua's Blade. Senua's Sacrifice. Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Uh, they ported that over to the Xbox, and then they announced that they bought Ninja Theory. Mm -hmm. So you might, with that in mind, they might port over the Xbox, uh, Spider-Man over to the Xbox, and then announce that they bought Insomniac. Mm. So, like, just to get people a little bit hyped. So that, that's my, how it, that's probably how it's going to work. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. It might not even happen because it's a, a rumor at this point, but that would be really cool. Uh, even though Spider-Man is amazing on the PlayStation already, so whatever. <laughs> so let's get into our big topic for this week. Uh, if you're a new listener, every single week we bring up a, a big gaming topic that we like to talk about. Uh, and we just discuss that for the next half hour or so. Uh, and I believe this week, I not believe, it's right here in my notes. But this I'm week, so weird. <laughs> this week is... How are the Game Awards important for gaming? Or how is it important for the gaming industry, right? Mm -hmm. So as much of a cringeworthy, cringeworthy show as it is, much like this podcast, um, Liz, what do you think it's important for the gaming industry? I think it's important, one, because they do the premieres, mm -hmm. the premiere trailers for different games. So it's kind of like E3 in that aspect where you're, you get to find out what's, what to be looking out for. Yeah. And then I think also it helps the community be get more normalized yeah. because you think about everything else has award shows. You have the Emmys, the Grammys, the, I can't think of any more, mm -hmm. the Oscars. Oscars. Thank you. So you have all those other things for all these other people who work extremely hard mm -hmm. for, with what they do. And I think that it helps the gaming community can't become part of that. Yeah. Because you have actors mm -hmm. in there and you have directors and you have people who spend immense amount of time working on these projects, yeah. you know? So I think it helps in the long run, hopefully one day it'll help normalize it and maybe it'll actually be on mm -hmm. regular broadcast of television like the academies. Yeah. That'd be a awesome. That's the thing. I remember Jeff Keighley, um, he tweeted out like, oh, what's something we can do better, though? Here's the interesting thing. Someone suggested to Jeff, um, by the way, why do people get his name wrong? I don't understand this. But anyways, just like Jason Schreier. Jason Schreier? Jeff Kiley. I'm like, you don't know these people? Maybe he's from where we grew up. And Maybe. like being in Pennsylvania <laughs> with... Yeah, I like don't know. and in Fi like Philly, we had all the Jewish names, and Pennsylvania we had the like German names, the German names. So maybe it's just where we grew up, and we're just used to weird last names. I, don't I know. guess. But uh, yeah, Jeff Keeley, he uh, he tweeted out, "What can we do better?" Someone suggested that broadcasted on uh, you know national television, and Jeff Keeley replied, "Why?" Uh, and they're like, "Well, you know, to get more audiences and stuff." And I think it was Jeff that replied, or maybe it was another Twitter user saying, "Like, well, there's more benefit." to streaming it because you have less holdbacks you have less time for commercials you know like now they don't have to have like commercial breaks like on television so i agree in the one point where like 
you know, it would be cool to see it on like NBC, like mm-hmm. the Game Awards. Like that would really, um, that that would really legitimize it. But at the same time, I understand where Jeff is coming from in terms of like, well, gamers stream things. They they they're in a yeah. realm of, and I think TV itself like is becoming dead, like cable television. Yeah. But I don't know. They, I mean, they could do both. They could. In all honesty. Yeah. There but, could be a Game Awards on national TV. Not Jeff Keighley's, but there could be yeah, a... Yeah, that's true. There could be another one because there's the Dice Awards. There's the um, uh, the BAFTAs. BAFTAs? I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. But there, there's other Game Awards, but there could be a separate yeah. one on national television. So there's nothing wrong with that. Um but yeah, definitely the there's a couple of things that I I, I give it, it gives rights to celebrate game devs for the work. It, it gives mm-hmm. rights to celebrate game developers for all the work that they put in. You know, like you were saying this too, um, it, it, it puts a good light on game developers yeah. and, and it puts a face to it. You know, I think the whole reason why I purchased Celeste. Well, one, because I went to play it. Yeah, you were interested in it before the Game Awards, but after hearing the developer's speech, mm-hmm. or the creator's speech, you're like, I have to buy it. Yeah, you put a face to the game. Mm-hmm. See what I did there? Mm-hmm. But you put a face to the game, and just like with Celeste, you get to see like these are really authentic people. These are people who love to make video games and give yeah. you joy. Uh, and it really shines a light on these people, like saying, like, hey, we love your work, you know, and here's a spotlight for you. Yeah. You know, everybody just sees a faceless game developer. Yeah. Right? And they just go on a merry way and just saying, like, oh, this this game is like meh, you know. But now you get to mm-hmm. see like the people behind it. And it's just really, really cool. You know? Yeah. Uh any developers that struck out to you during the game awards? Besides Celeste? And Ken Boone? That was a uh, uh, Mortal Kombat. Oh. Yeah. Was it Ken Boone? I don't know. I can't remember anymore. But I can't think. Of... Oh, the um, developer for God of War. Oh, um, uh, oh, C- uh, Corey Barlog. Oh, because he kept pointing out the wrap it up. Yeah. Like he's, I'm sure they give it to everyone in Trunk Along, but he's the only one that said, oh, I see the wrap it up. Oh, it got it got worse. It got worse. <laughs> it kept pointing. It's like, okay, I'm wrapping up, wrapping up. But Corey Barlog is probably one of the most authentic people I've ever seen on an interview. That before. would probably be me. Yeah, uh, there's a there's like, a, hey, look, I'm not gonna wrap it up, but thanks for letting me know. <laughs> thanks for letting me know. And he, and he put a face behind it because you know God of War is just an amazing game in of, of itself. But when you see the passion behind Corey Barlog and his team. Mm-hmm. Like, it really puts another light to it that yeah. there's people behind this art, you know? And it's really easy to look at any piece of art, whether it be a television yeah. show or a, a painting, you know? Mm-hmm. And just say, like, you know, ridicule it for the painting, but you kind of forget that there's people behind mm-hmm. these games, you know? Yeah. So I love the light it gives to game developers because yeah. they work tirelessly yeah. throughout all this. And not only that, but another good point about the game, good thing with the Game Awards is that they give an award for the best YouTube streamer. Mm-hmm. So that also, I think, helps because then it tells people, like, all right, when so if you have someone new, they mm-hmm. can come up and be like, all right, well, what, who should I watch? Because there's so many streamers and there's so many reviewers and so many different people. Yeah. So it goes and says, like, listen, this person this year did an amazing job. Maybe you should watch them. So it yeah. also helps guide gamers of who to trust when they're going on YouTube to 
learn about a game yeah. or see a gameplay. And that's not Ninja. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying if you're looking just to be nominated, but if you're to, looking yeah. for Fortnite, yeah, we got you they covered. They gave you a couple. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it also goes into esports too, and that's what I said on the um, the last podcast. Like, I wish it was less. It should be really be less is more, mm-hmm. because if you're just gonna go through it, no one's gonna really care about esports. Exactly. But if you put it in a way of just like celebrating esports and really putting it to some light, and only having f- those four awards that we had: uh, best coach, player, game, and team, mm-hmm. right? Best esports team. Then people were just like, man, I should check that team out. Maybe, maybe I should check out um, that. Yeah. You know, so that it brings attention to them. Just like the Academies and the Oscars and the Emmys. Mm-hmm. Like, it brings attention to those artists and those. Mu- like, I've watched. Now, I don't know which one goes to which one. Okay. Test me here. Um, The one for Broadway. That's the Oscars, right? No, that's no, the Tony Awards. That's the Tonys. Yeah, I knew I didn't name that the Tonys. Yeah. Now I'm really confused. But the Tonys, like, I've watched yeah. that, and I saw a show, and I'm like, oh, that actually looks really good. Yeah. And then I never get to see it, but I look for it, and I look forward to maybe seeing it one day. Exactly. And same thing with movies and artists. Like, oh, like, they sound really good. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, people that, like, it just, it helps guide you to things you didn't realize you would like until yeah. you're watching the award. You're like, oh, I'm going to look that up. And that brings me to my next point is that it promotes gaming as an art form. Mm-hmm. It, it promotes things that you would like, you know, and it, it, you just see so many games being put out that maybe you've never even heard of. Right. There was a couple games that I didn't even put any light to. Like, I can't remember them. I, I have them written down on my notes uh, from the previous and I, and I have them in my wish list. Um, but yeah, like that's that's the thing. So like it, it puts light to games that you've never even heard of mm-hmm. and you get to see the art behind them, you yeah. know? And and that's the thing. There's a there's a there's a couple awards for like the art direction of the game. Yeah. You know, you have the sound, you know, like it, and it recognizes it as that. Like each award is like best game direction. It's not just game of the year, but there's there's categories like best art direction, best audio design, best um best uh, uh, score and music mm-hmm. of the game. You know, there's so many components to a video game than just yeah. it being video gamey, you know? Yeah. But, and, you know, you have your, and you have your categories of like best action adventure, the most exciting game. Yeah, but they have that at the movie awards, mm-hmm. you know? And that's the thing. It's like, if movies are an art form, then the game awards, it's like saying like, well... Uh, video games are a lot like the movies, you know. It's video games and animated movies are pretty close when it comes to what they do, mm-hmm. because you have voice actors, mm-hmm. you have animators, you have yeah. the scoring. Like it's the same process, except yeah. for the video game one is harder because yes. that has options. As options as coding that and different has outfits that other like different players might choose a different outfit every time mm-hmm. they play. So you have to record that scene in multiple outfits. Yeah, well, it's not even recording that scene. It's like um, you have to. I mean, like you know what I mean. Like you have yeah, to code that mean. scene in different outfits. Exactly. It's it's such a crazy thing to think about, like how video games are made. And if you haven't already, like there's there's a plenty of documentaries on Netflix about like the game development. Mm-hmm. It's really really cool. Um, but I think the Game Awards really promotes 
games as much of an art form as the Grammys with music and um, the Oscars with movies and Tony Awards with Broadway musicals. It, they're all art forms. And I think the Game Awards uh, promote that a lot, right? Did the dog fart? Yes. <laughs> Just wafted up here. Jeez. Those are love Nasty. farts. Nasty. I love you, Mom. <laughs> but but it definitely promotes games as an art form, you know? Yeah. Um, because if you if if, if if an outsider sees the Game Awards, you know, and they see, like, why? And I, and I know they'll, they'll be, like, um, kind of questioning, like, art form. You know, video games are just video games. Or, like, score and music. Who cares about that? It's just a video game. But... It promotes that, and mm -hmm. I love that about the Game Awards, you know, that we yeah. need to focus on more than just, like, is it a good video game? There's so like, many well, components. What, yeah, like, what is in it that makes it a good video game? Or even the the category of games for a cause, games for a purpose? Man, I can't remember it. But the, the games for an impact, uh, yeah. games for an impact, where the game promotes self, like, like more awareness to a certain issue. Mm -hmm. And I believe Celeste won that for their anxiety and mental health, mm -hmm. uh, which well-deserved. It's such a good game. But it even puts light to that. And the, the other point I have is that it legitimizes the gaming community and gaming. You were talking more about this, you know? Yeah. Um, if you watch the old uh, Spike channel where they used to do the Game Ugh. Awards... Yeah, like they, like I, like I said on the previous podcast, you know, it was like, uh, best action game fueled by Mountain Dew and Doritos and like, oh, McDonald's and all this. And it was like, what gamers love, you know, hot women and whatnot. But, and that's the thing, it, it put with the Spike Awards, with Je which Jeff Keeler was a part of, you know, Jeff Keeler was a part of the Spike Game Awards. And, uh, and and I and you could tell that Jeff wasn't in agreement with how this mm -hmm. was being played out, and that's why he left Spike and made his own game awards in 2014, 2013, 14. I think it was 14, but he left in 2013 and they made the first one in 2014. Um, but yeah, so like in the old ways, you know, it was silly and goofy and gross. disgusting, gross. You know, it made gamers into a light of like. You don't take it seriously. Yeah. You know, they're just video games, man. And I think it goes into the the era where that Game Awards was aired. You know, because that oh, was... yeah. Yeah, that was like 2008. That's how gamers reviewed as a whole. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's really, no offense, but that's really how gamers were when we were younger. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. And I think yeah. they were like that because it was promoted in that way. Yeah. You know, much like when the NES first came out. It was, you know, more promoted as a children's toy or mm -hmm. was promoted as a family product. And that's yeah. why people are like, the older people are just like, well, that's for kids, you know? That's yeah, it was they don't realize though. that now it's more marketed towards adults. Yeah, it's more marketed as a serious medium of entertainment, yeah. you know? So in that light, I like how the Game Awards, in its current state right now, I'm just talking about Jeff Keighley's Game Awards here. Um... Compared to Spikes, where it was just all about, you know, being nasty, you know, it was very male-oriented. Yeah. Whereas now, it puts a strong light to take it much more seriously. Yeah. And each and every year, from 2014 to 2018, it makes it more and more and more legitimate, mm -hmm. you know? Because you can tell that um, 
when Joseph Ferris came in, uh, he Jeff Keel, Joseph Ferris with uh with a way out mm-hmm. last year. And he's like F E A, ah, oh, like he was like screaming, and Jeff is like, stop it. Yeah. Like Jeff, I think he wants it to be unleashed, and he wants it to have like no censorship, but at the same time, he wants it to be legitimate. Yeah, he wants it to, yeah, be real. Yeah. Whereas this year, when Joseph Ferris came out. <laughs> he was just like, and Joseph, come on out. And Joseph's like, hey, how you doing, man? And I was like, I'm so sorry. It was just the crowd, you know, like you were pumping me up. And Jeff is just watching him like a hawkeye. He's just like, like, okay, don't do it. Don't do it, Joseph. Stay careful now. I love Joseph Ferris like so much. Like, I just I just want to hang out with Joseph Ferris. That's oh it. Goodness. Just for one day. I just want to hang out and talk with him. Mm. And just like, I don't want to say anything. I just want to be like, Jeff, I mean, Jeff. Well, Jeff, too. I want to talk to Jeff. But uh, with Joseph, like, Joseph, just talk for the next hour. <laughs> really? Yeah, Joseph, just, just go ahead and talk. Here's an espresso. Go ahead and oh talk. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, yeah. And it's like, yes, keep, keep giving me your Joseph Paris personality. Um, but it's so funny. But he was more controlled this year, you know. And I think it's because Jeff wanted to be more legitimate this year yeah you know and i think that's how gaming should be marketed now is that it's no longer this kid or teenager platform anymore but it's it's a platform that should be taken seriously yeah you know i think we need to move away from and i have other points here we're not closing out with this one but i think we need to break away i think we need to break away from the toxic environment of gaming yeah right and be a legitimate medium, mm-hmm. you know? And and I will say that the gaming era or, or the gaming community, it can be toxic still, you know? I, I think the gaming community is pretty, pretty toxic still. And it's unfortunate because if we're going to be taken seriously by, like, other mediums here... Yeah, it like, has to be a united <clears throat> community yeah. where we're not constantly attacking each other. Yeah, Wouldn't you want a light where... You you can be snooty about a video game in the same way if someone can be snooty about movies. It's like, oh, I'm a movie snob. If you say you're a video game snob, people will laugh at you. But if you say yeah. you're a movie snob, people are like, oh, that's really cool. You know, or a movie buff. I'm sorry, yeah. like a movie buff. If you say you're a video game buff, like you're seen as like, oh, so you're not so married. So you're a child. So you're a child, you know. Like, I want to get into an era where if you say you're a video game buff, like you're you're seen as a respected light. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what the game awards are trying to do. I think that's what Jeff's Jeff's trying to do. Yeah. With the whole game awards. And this is only in its fourth or fifth year. Fourth or fifth year. So you can imagine by year twenty, mm-hmm. if it keeps going down this route and not the whole Mountain Dew, Doritos, McDonald's yeah. route, um, it will be seen as legitimate. And it will be seen as like if you can say I'm a video game buff, you'll be seen in a legitimate light in yeah. in the year twenty. You know, so I'm really hoping for that. And the final point I want to make about why the game awards are important for gaming, because it brings everybody together to celebrate gaming. That's mm-hmm. it. You know, like when when the show started with. The best start ever with Sean Layden, uh, Phil Spencer, and Reggie Fizeme all together. And oh Sean Layden's just like, I'm just here because I'm getting paid. That's it. I, I hate you, Phil. But, <clears throat> but yeah, it just brought those three together. 
Gabe Newell was was not there, but you know, you know, he's probably making Half Life three, but who knows? Um, but yeah, it just brought those three together all in one stage, and they just said, you know, like we love gaming, we love you guys, you know, we we love your money, um, <laughs> but and that was just a really awesome moment to just like sit down and think, just like. Why do we care about these game console wars? Yeah. When we all love gaming here. Who yeah. cares if you're a PlayStation or only Xbox or only Nintendo or only PC? We all love video games. Yeah. You know, we, we're all on the same t uh, side here, you know? Uh, so I think it just promotes being together, stop being toxic, and, and just loving games as the arts that they are, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, what, what do you think about that? No, I definitely agree that, like, it unites everyone because, yeah, we're giving awards to things that even are exclusive to different mm -hmm. consoles, but for the games that are on everything, it's like, we can all come together and say, this was an awesome game. Yeah. And we can all agree that even if we didn't get to play the game on another console, yeah. that those people deserve this because even from what I've seen exactly it's, it's awesome yeah you know so i think it is somewhere where everyone can come together and just kind of agree upon like this is awesome yeah this is just an amazing piece of work yeah you know i think that's what the game awards i think that's what jeff Keeley is trying to do he's trying to legitimize it he's trying to promote it, games as an art form mm -hmm. he's trying to promote togetherness you know stop with this whole console war crap and just like come together and just love each other you know um and I think that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I think we should go down that route as gamers. Yeah. I, I think we should be promoting more togetherness. Yeah. As one unit, you know, uh, talking to you PC gamers. <laughs> but <laughs> but that that's the thing. It's just I, I really love where the Game Awards are going. Yeah. I love what they're doing for gaming. I love what they're doing for the industry. Uh, I think Jeff even mentioned that, like, uh especially for indie developers, you know, they say like, Hey Jeff, it was really cool that we were, this is what Jeff was saying. You know, like people come up to Jeff and they're like, uh, you know, we're really excited that we were on the game awards and it was awesome. But the sales we made are just phenomenal. Yeah. And the more sales these indie developers make, the more games they can make even further, mm -hmm. you know, cause if they go bankrupt, guess what? You know, they're not going to go, going to go anywhere. Yeah. Um, talking to you, Bethesda. Um, but that's the thing. Or, no, actually, uh, Blizzard, I'm talking to you. You know, all oh, gamers are entitled. Oh, you know, like, buy our games. Anyway. <laughs> but that's the thing. I, th I think the Game Awards are very important to gaming. Whether you watch them or not, it doesn't matter. But it's what it's doing to yeah. the gaming community. And I don't think... You know, I'm not trying. To, I'm not trying to sit on a soapbox and say you need to watch it. You need to go out every year and watch the game awards, but at least appreciate what Jeff Keighley is trying to do for us. Yeah. You know, it's trying to legitimize it so that someday in the in the near future, if you were to sit down with somebody and say I'm a video game buff, people will respect you for that, mm -hmm. and not out of like, oh man, such high regards, I'm respect, but just like not laugh at you at least yeah you know you don't have to be ashamed to say i'm a video game buff you know i think that can wrap it up for this week's episode yeah. so any closing thoughts nope dag <laughs> <laughs> nope but yeah so game awards enjoy them you know it's gonna be fun 
Outer Worlds is going to be game of the year. I guarantee it. So uh, look out for the Outer Worlds this coming year, 2019. It's going to be my personal game oh of the gosh, year. Oh, my gosh, 2019 already. I know. Isn't that crazy? We're, we're talking about 2019, man. And then sooner or later, it's going to be 2020. It's going to be the 20s again. The roaring 20s. Da, 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 da. That'd be awesome if, like, every century when that decade comes around, it's, yeah. like, the same thing. Yeah. Right? Definitely want the 20s again. Definitely want Prohibition. I mean the style. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, we thank you for listening to this week's episode. Uh, I think next week we're going to talk about... We're going to be following up with our previous episode about why Christian games don't work. Yes. And we've been having a lot of lessons and downloads for that particular episode that I think we need to make a follow-up uh, podcast about how they could work. Yes. Not saying that like, oh, Christian games, they need to exist and it needs to be the ecosystem. No, but we're saying that if you are a Christian game developer and you want to make a Christian game, I think we need to talk about how they could work. Yeah. Not how they're needed, but how they could work. Yes. So we're going to make a follow-up one next Monday of how Christian games could work. Yeah. So... We thank you for listening to this week's episode. We want to just remind you to follow us on Twitter at Gaming Groceries and follow us on Instagram, Games and Groceries, all one word. And if you're listening to us to iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, anything, uh, give us your honest feedback. You know, the more feedback that we get, the more attention we get for those platforms. And once we're on the attention span, we're on the front page. And then Anchor's like, oh, look at that. They're on the front page of iTunes. Maybe we should put them on our featured page. Hashtag Road to Featured. Oh my God. I know you're listening, Anchor. I know you're listening. Anyway. Put us on featured. Anyway. <laughs> we thank you to... for Wow, this is a short one. By like three minutes. We thank you for listening to this week's episode. Uh, we love you very much. Have a good week. <laughs>